And Jesus responded to the lawyers and the Pharisees saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. It was on this particular Sabbath that our Lord was invited to dine at the house of one of the rulers of the Pharisees. Make no mistake, though, this was not an invitation for hospitality's sake. No, this invitation was but phase one of the trap they had in store for our Lord. They invite Jesus to this house, and lo and behold, a man with dropsy just so happens to enter the scene. Phase two has commenced. There the man is, the bait for the trap for our Lord. They were waiting for phase three, for Jesus to take the bait, to heal the man, to break the Sabbath, and the Pharisees would finally be able to get rid of this Jesus guy once and for all. Well, the Pharisees may have been watching Jesus closely, meticulously watching his every move and waiting for him to break the Sabbath. It was, in fact, our Lord who was watching the Pharisees. We are told that Jesus responded to the Pharisees, even though in our text they hadn't even said a word yet. He responded to their action of placing the man as bait before him. So Jesus responds to them and says, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? He takes the man, the man that had been used as a pawn in their wicked game of chess, and he does the most merciful thing for him. He heals him and sends him away, not to be used any longer by the Pharisees. Jesus sees the man as a man, not as a pawn, but he treats him as a man and has mercy upon him. So after sending him away, our Lord does not just carry on as though nothing had happened. He goes on the offensive twice. Our Lord first calls out their hypocrisy with a question, and then points out their pride with a parable. First, the hypocrisy. Jesus, before the Pharisees can utter any kind of response, asks them a question. Which of you, having a son or an ox that has fallen into a well on the Sabbath day, will not immediately pull him out? There it is. Their hypocrisy is on a full display. Of course they would pull out their son if he fell into a well. They'd even pull out their ox, a beast of the field, if it fell into a well on the Sabbath day. So why was it scandalous for our Lord to have mercy on this man and to heal him? Do you see their hypocrisy? They created laws of man They took the third commandment that was meant for a day of rest to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy, to joyfully hear and learn through the preaching of God's word. Instead, they put regulation upon regulation on that day and made it a day of anxiety instead of rest. 
instead of receiving this gift of God with thanksgiving. They insisted on these countless laws in order to puff themselves up, to put them as superior above the man with dropsy, upon others around them, and superior over Jesus himself. They weren't concerned at all about showing this man mercy. They just wanted to trap our Lord and to get rid of him once and for all, and to finally be able to show just how great and how righteous they were. They used the third commandment. They used the law, not as a curb, a mirror, or a guide, but rather as a pedestal. A pedestal that they placed themselves on to show them as righteous before all those around them. The law called them to love the Lord their God and to love their neighbor as themselves. But all along, they loved themselves even more than that. So now, having attacked their hypocrisy, our Lord goes after their pride with a parable. He sees how those who had chosen the best seats of the house at this feast, he sees all this going on, and so he tells them this parable of a man at a wedding feast. When you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, give your place to this person. And then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. Jesus first exposes the obvious issue with the Pharisees. They thought too highly of themselves. They put themselves in the seat of honor only to be dislodged whenever someone more honorable than they were showed up. Jesus tells them, but when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at table with you. Jesus here isn't teaching some kind of social gain strategy. He's not teaching the Pharisees how to be humble in a more socially appropriate way, only to be told to move up higher. He's not teaching us, in fact, anything about the ways of this world. Rather, he is using this parable to show how drastically different the ways of this world are to the ways of the kingdom of God. What would have happened if the Pharisees would have put themselves in the lowest seat and the master of the house did not say, friend, move up higher? Would they be content in that lowest seat or would they become embittered that their pedestal of humility was not being recognized and they weren't being exalted to the highest seat? What would happen today? What would happen in your work if, let's say, you, said, you put yourself in the lowest seat? Would your boss commend you and say, friend, move up higher? Of course not. He would see you as a pushover, as one lacking assertiveness. 
he would not commend you for your humility. He would see you as weak. The ways of this world is one where you must place yourself in the highest position, where you must parade your pride if you want to get anywhere in life. The ways of this world are one where you should aspire to the pride of the Pharisees in this text. It is in the midst of the pride of this fallen world that our Lord gives this parable, the ways of the kingdom of God. This is in stark contrast to the ways of this world. He's using the way that the Pharisees seat themselves to teach about how one ought to approach and enter the kingdom of God. For everyone who humbles himself will be, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Unlike your boss, God doesn't need to see your refined spiritual resume. Unlike your professors, God isn't going to check your GPA to see if you're accepted into heaven doesn't care about any of that. It's not the way that we approach and enter the kingdom of God. For those of you who were at Pastor's Proverbs class last week, you'll remember this proverb that echoes the same theme as today's text. Before destruction, a man's heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. The same truth was seen in our Old Testament reading this morning, it's seen all throughout Scripture. Our Lord invites us to this wedding feast, invites us to the kingdom of God. But if we exalt ourselves and think too highly of ourselves than we ought, we will be like the man in the parable who is told to go down lower. Jesus tells this parable to the Pharisees and to us so that we would be on guard against the pedestal of spiritual pride. Instead of placing ourselves in the highest seat of honor, we are to humble ourselves in contrition before the one who humbled himself, who took on the form of man, who humbled himself to take upon himself sins that weren't his own, who humbled himself to endure the shame of being beaten and naked upon the cross, and who was himself exalted by the Father, who rose from the dead and was exalted in his ascension to sit at the right hand of the throne of God. We are to bow our heads in contrition, to bow our heads and not only to say but to believe that we are by nature sinful and unclean, that we have sinned against God in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone, to believe that we truly deserve God's present and eternal punishment. But that's not us being humble. That's us just being honest with God for all the things that we have done. But it's in that posture of honesty with God 
that our Lord comes to us and says, friend, move up higher. I forgive you all of your sins. We come before this altar and we cry out, Lord, have mercy upon us. Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And it is in that posture that our Lord comes and says, friend, move up higher. Take eat, this is my body. Take drink, this is my blood. Given and shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. What a joy and comfort that is. That our Lord calls you by name to this altar. To the altar where he is both the host and the feast in order that he may feed you with his very own body and blood for you, for the forgiveness of your sins. And on our last day, when we're on our deathbed, our bridegroom will once again come and say, friend, move up higher. He will usher you into his kingdom. He will crown you with the unfading crown of glory. And being freed from all pride, you will be at rest with him for all eternity. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.